From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for supporting the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast and taking the ride and this journey with us. I'm talking about fans from Mexico, Canada, from the UK, Germany, Philippines, Taiwan, Brazil, Chile, the, the freaking, freaking world. The world. Yo, it's so many countries. I am so freaking humble. I can't even name them all. It's amazing. Thank you so much for all the support. If you don't already, follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod, on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And check out our YouTube page because there's a lot of fun shit coming to the YouTube page. I just want to say today we have such a stacked show, but big shout out to Mr. MDK himself, MDK all day. Nick Gage. He was on our show yesterday and he debuted for AEW. Really cool how he kept that under wraps for me from the show, but he debuted and it was such a markout moment. So, shouts to Nick Gage. Congratulations, bro. We're going to be talking about that later on when we talk about AEW's Fighter Fest Night 2. Tomorrow, we have breaking news right now. Tomorrow, Vince Russo will be on the show. The one and only Vince Russo will be joining us here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. So, the hits keep on hitting and this show keeps on getting bigger. But we have a stack show today, so forget tomorrow. Let's talk about today. Like I said, it is super stacked, and I think we should start it right now. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for letting me into your Thursday morning routine. It is always a pleasure to be a part of your morning routine. And you know what? We're going to start out hot and heavy because we got the news and notes. And there is a lot of crazy news going on around the wrestling world right now, including a lot more star power coming to AEW because it has been reported that right now it is 100% locked in that Daniel Bryan, who, by the way, will probably be going by Bryan Danielson, is officially signed to All Elite Wrestling. Now, what does that mean? That means that AEW just picked up one of the best most recognizable, and one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. This is a huge acquisition for AEW, and it is going to be a real game changer, in my opinion. Speaking of game changers, Daniel Bryan may not be the only one on his way to AEW because it's being reported that none other than CM Punk is AEW bound. They said that he is in negotiations to make an in-ring return for AEW. This is being reported by Brian uh, Alvarez from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. 
I'm sure Dave Meltzer is reporting it as well. But CM Punk coming to AEW for an in-ring return. That is what the fans been wanting since AEW started. It's what the fans been wanting since CM Punk left the WWE in 2014. They wanted his return. Not to AEW, of course, because AEW wasn't around in 2014. But they wanted his in-ring return since he left. One of the most beloved guys in wrestling. One of the guys who have the biggest fan base and following. He will be coming to AEW if all goes right. It is insane to think about how insanely stacked this roster is. CM Punk and Daniel Bryan alone are going to be two of the biggest stars in AEW. But then you look at the Chris Jerichos, the Cody Rhodes, the Malachi Blacks, the the Young Bucks, the John Moxleys, the the Big Shows, the Miros, the yo, this is an insanely stacked freaking roster. I didn't even mention Kenny Omega, Pac, Pentagon, Phoenix. Andrade El Idolo. I can't even fathom how... like You couldn't even dream up a roster this big for AEW. AEW's roster is insanely stacked right now. And I just am so excited to see where all this goes. Uh, Do they have a brand split maybe with uh, Dynamite and with Rampage coming out? Because there's going to be so much talent. So many stars on one show. It is impossible to fit all that talent on a two-hour show. Like and I, I definitely don't want AEW to go three hours, but it's insanely, insanely stacked. It's insane. I keep on saying insane because I'm losing my freaking mind here. This is crazy. Next, we got a report that the SWF owner, uh, SWF is an independent wrestling league. Their owner Rob Fury booked the Velveteen Dream for a show, and then an hour later removed him from the show due to fan backlash. He put out a tweet saying that he. Uh, apologizes, you know, for booking the Velveteen Dream. For those who don't know, the Velveteen Dream was accused of some very bad stuff. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, put his business out there. I don't want to say anything about it because, you know, I, I just would rather not speak on what Velveteen Dream is being accused of right now. So he would not be working that indie show for Mr. Raw Fury. A mother is claiming that the WWE Slambalance toy encourages violence against emergency responders. To that I say, shut up, Karen. Next, we're going to get into AEW Fighter Fest Night 2. This was an insanely stacked show. We had a huge debut. We had yet another legend make his way to All Elite Wrestling to be the mouthpiece for a... AEW Superstar. And we're going to talk all about that when we come back here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. 
damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW Fighter Fest. Like I said, we had so much AEW news, and we have so much AEW notes. And that doesn't even have to do with what happened last night at this insanely stacked show. So, we want to talk about AEW's Fighter Fest. AEW's been on an absolute roll. This is the greatest time period for AEW. Like I said, after their double or nothing pay-per-view, it really felt like a new era was starting for AEW. And here it is. We have signings, new signings coming, game-changing wrestlers coming to AEW. And speaking of game-changing wrestlers, the GCW Game Changing Wrestling Champion, MDK All Day, is here now in All Elite Wrestling. So let's get into that show right now. AEW started hot and heavy like they do every week. They had a matchup between Chris Jericho and Sean Spears. This is the first of the five labors of Jericho. In this matchup, Sean Spears was able to use the chair, but Chris Jericho was not and it was a really good matchup. These two are two veterans of the sport, two Canadians too. Uh two two really good solid wrestlers and they had some pretty good chemistry here. Chris Jericho, you know, he looks like he's wrapping up his career. He's on the tail end of his career. And Sean Spears definitely she he needs to be showcased more on AEW. He's a part of the pinnacle. He needs to be showcased more because Sean Spears is a very solid wrestler and he's going to constantly give you solid performances. So why not have him showcased more here? Uh, MJF comes out. He's on commentary during this matchup. This is a fun opening matchup. Uh, MJF announces after Chris... Well, by the way, Chris Jericho wins. He wins the first labor of Jericho. MJF then announces the second labor of Jericho. And this is where things get really exciting because MJF says that next week in the second labor of Jericho, it will be a no-DQ match. And Chris Jericho is going to be going against the most violent wrestler in wrestling history he's going to be going against a man who stabbed another man in a matchup in the jugular he's going to be going against a man who robbed a bank without a mask on he's going to be going against the ultra violent king nick freaking gage now when i saw nick gage come out here in all elite wrestling i marked out i marked out it was such a cool moment especially for the fact that nick gage was on this show no less than 24 hours ago. And at the time that of his debut in AEW, he was on the show literally that morning. And I asked him about AEW. And he said, yeah, you know, I'd go anywhere. I'd wrestle. Yo, shouts to Nick Gage for keeping that under wraps. You know what I mean? Kayfabe is still alive. That's dope. But I got to say, 
Nick Gage in AEW was something that I am so excited for. Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho is a matchup I never thought I'd see. Especially on national broadcast television. But then again, Nick Gage is doing some big things. He, I never thought I'd see him and Matt Cardona. But this is even bigger than that. You know, yeah, we got the Matt Cardona feud going on. And speaking of Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, if you haven't already, buy the GCW Homecoming pay-per-view on Fight TV this Saturday and Sunday to see Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, in an ultra-violent death match. That's words I never thought I'd say. If you heard what Nick Gage said yesterday on this podcast, he said he's going to have the blood of Matt Cardona squirt into the front row. So if you go to the GCW event, wear a poncho because you're going to be having Matt Cardona's blood all over you. So anyway, back to the show. Great to see Nick Gage on AEW, MDK all day. I'm very proud of Nick Gage. That is so awesome to see. Next, we have a matchup between the Elite Hunter Kazarian versus... Doc Gallows. This was a pretty solid matchup. Uh, Doc Gallows picks up the victory. Afterwards, Carl Anderson comes into the ring. They hit the Magic Killer on Kaz. Kenny Omega comes out with Don Callis. They are going to jump Kaz, but before they could, Hangman Page comes out. He starts fighting off the Good Brothers as Omega and Don Callis retreat. Uh, Then Page gets jumped by the Good Brothers, and the Dark Order makes the save. It is announced that we are getting our 5-on-5 match at Fight for the Fallen next week. It will be the Elite, the full Elite, the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega teaming up to go against the Dark Order and Hangman Page. And if the Dark Order wins and Hangman Page wins, Page gets a title shot, and so does the Dark Order. They will be going against the Young Bucks for the tag team title, so that's really awesome to see. We next get Darby Allin, who comes out with Sting. Against Wheeler Yuta, who comes out with Orange Cassidy. There's a very funny moment in this matchup where Sting and Orange Cassidy get quote-unquote physical with each other. Uh, Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pockets and he hits his slow-mo kicks. And Sting hits his slow-mo kicks onto Orange Cassidy. So for anybody who doesn't like Orange Cassidy, who thinks that he's shitting on the business... Yo, Sting, who is an absolute legend, is endorsing Orange Cassidy. So if Sting could endorse Orange Cassidy, everyone else who's saying that he's shitting on the business could kiss my ass. I'm sorry. Fuck you. All right, anyway, uh, Sting and Orange Cassidy with a very funny moment here. Sting, he even did the slow-mo just like Orange Cassidy. And you know the uh, signature beating on his chest like he would do? He even did that in slow-mo, which was hilarious. This was a really good matchup, though. Amazing moment with them, by the way. But really good matchup, really fun, really solid. Wheeler Yuta is a very solid wrestler. I still don't know why he's with the best friends. But Wheeler Yuta is a solid wrestler. And him and Darby Allen had a really good matchup. Darby Allen is on an absolute roll lately. He had a phenomenal casket match or a coffin match with Ethan Page last week. And he's on fire here. Next, we got to look back in the history of Lance Archer and John Moxley going back to their very first Texas death match in New Japan Pro Wrestling inside of the Tokyo Dome for the IWGP US Heavyweight Champion. They are going to have a rematch tonight because it will be in Dallas, Texas, in the home of Lance Archer. We will have the very first Texas death match in AEW history as John Moxley faces off against the Murder Hawk monster, Lance Archer. We then see Bullet Club member Hiku Leo in the crowd. Did I say that right? Hiku Leo in the crowd. He's the son of Haku. He's the brother of Tamatanga and Tungaloa. And he is here in the crowd. Uh, next, we got the women's title match. It is Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. And this was a pretty solid matchup. Britt Baker picks up the victory, though. 
These two women had a good matchup. Nyla Rose, I didn't think, should have uh, took the title so soon off of Britt Baker. So I'm happy that Britt Baker's still the champion. You know, she had a long climb to the top, so I hope that she has a pretty lengthy title reign here. Because she deserves it, and she's one of the most over females on that roster right now. So why not let her run with this title? We then see a press conference for the FTR and Proud and Powerful. This was very passionate. They face off next weekend. Well, not next weekend. Next week at Fight for the Fallen inside of the, you know, the world-famous Bojangles Coliseum inside of uh, North Carolina, North Kekalaki. We're going to have FTR versus Proud and Powerful. That's going to be a really good matchup. Should be very violent. A lot of uh, a lot of hard words were exchanged here. A lot of just, there's bad blood, you know what I mean? FTR took out Conan, who is the mentor of LAX, or Proud and Powerful. Uh, Proud and Powerful threatened to take out Tully Blanchard. So, a lot of bad blood here between these two, and they're finally going to show down next week inside of a ring at Bojangles Coliseum in North Kakalaki. Anyway, Tony Giovanni brings out Andrade El Idolo. Andrade El Idolo says that he has a surprise for everyone tonight. He has a new uh, new consultant, a new mouthpiece, a new manager. He brings out the one and only legendary Chavo Guerrero Jr. Ooh, Chavo. That, yeah, that Chavo. You know what I mean? Ooh, Chavo. I don't know why I did that twice. But anyway, Chavo Guerrero Jr., he's here. He's the new consultant for Andrade El Idolo. The crowd goes crazy. First of all, Chavo's a Texas native. You know, I'm from El Paso, Texas. Really cool to see Chavo here. Chavo says that Andrade is the most talented wrestler. He first says that he's seen so much talent in the back. There's so much talent in AEW. This is the most talented roster. And by the way, like we talked about in the beginning, with them adding Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, this talent roster is even taken up to a higher level, which I didn't think it was possible to do. But with those additions, this is definitely the biggest roster and best roster right now in wrestling. But Chavo Guerrero says that no one is more talented than Andrade El Idolo. And then he says that he wants the Death Triangle. So the Death Triangle interrupts. They come out. They say that the Death Triangle hides from no one. Pac gets on the mic and says, we are a family. Then uh, Andrade, he he gets on the mic and he says that Penta and Phoenix need to ditch Pac. They need to join him. He's a superstar. He's a megastar. Pac is just a loser. And with him by their side, they could take it to the next level. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love Death Triangle. But Andrade, Pac, and... No, Andrade, Penta, and Phoenix with Chavo? Sounds like a pretty cool team. That sounds like a really dope... Yeah, think about that. Andrade El Idolo, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, and Chavo as the mouthpiece? That's fire. That's that's fire. But, I mean, I, I don't necessarily want to break up the Death Triangle. I like Death Triangle. But Pac always... He always... You know, heel Pac, at least, always struck me as a loner anyway. So, I could see a double turn here. And I could see... The Lucha Bros joining Andrade El Idolo, but also, I don't want to see it because I would love to see Andrade El Idolo versus Phoenix and Andrade El Idolo versus Penta. So I'm I'm tossed up here. Whatever happens, happens. I I will be excited for it. I am tossed up here though. But anyway, they say that they need a ditch pack. Pack says that the Death Triangle is a family. Phoenix says that they are the real faces of Latinos. 
Penta gets on the mic. He says in Spanish that they will... Uh, why would they join Andrade when he isn't on their level? Tough words being exchanged here. They come to the ring. Andrade bails. It's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. Because right now, I think that you could have some of the best matches in AEW history if you have these guys tear it up. Especially if you give me Pac versus Andrade? Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> anyway, when we come back, we are going to give you the second half of AEW Fighter Fest Night 2. And then we're going back in time, baby, because it's Thursday. That means we make a little impact here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So stay tuned. We have a lot more show for you to come. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into the second half of Fighter Fest Night 2 for AEW. The, the, the hits keep hitting. You know what I mean? The hits keep hitting. So without further ado, let's not talk. Let's get right into the second half of Fighter Fest Night 2. We are seen backstage with Christian Cage sitting with the Jurassic Express. Earlier in the, sh- in the show, on the pre-show actually, Christian Cage made the save when the Jurassic Express was jumped by the Hardy family office. It was announced that next week we will have a six-man tag match. It will be Christian Cage teaming up with Jungle Boy, teaming up with Luchasaurus to be going against Angelico and the private party from the Hardy family office. This is all cool and dandy, but I'm kind of done with the Christian Cage feud with the Hardy family office. I thought with Christian Cage beating Matt Hardy last week, we had the end there. But I guess we're going to have this go on a little longer. I mean, what's going to happen? CLC between Cage and Hardy? I hope not. Not at this day and age. But anyway, I really do think that they need to go on to the next thing. I am excited to see the eventual Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega matchup. But I also think that Kenny Omega is losing that title to Hangman Page. So I don't know if that will ever happen for the title. 
It could happen, but not for the champion. But anyway, uh, even though if if did, if Kenny Omega did beat Hangman Page for the title, I think that it would be, you know, only fitting to have Christian Cage challenge him for the title because that would be a great matchup and it would be a big name matchup for the World Heavyweight Champion. Next, we see Chris Jericho with his back turned. He's being interviewed by Alex Marvis here. And he says that next week he goes against the most violent man in professional wrestling, Nick Gage. But he says that it won't be Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho. No, no, no. Chris Jericho has to pull out a very dark, violent side of himself. So next week we will be getting Nick Gage versus the pain maker, Chris Jericho. The Chris Jericho that turned Japan upside down and knocked them on their ass. The Chris Jericho that tortured New Japan Pro Wrestling, the one who was too evil for evil, the one who took the title from evil, the one who destroyed Naito, the one who destroyed Kenny Omega. We'll be getting the pain maker, Chris Jericho, against the ultra-violent king, Nick Gage. That's going to be one crazy matchup. If you got small children, I wouldn't let them watch that matchup if I was you. Anyway, it is announced that in two weeks, it will be... Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes at AEW Homecoming in Jacksonville, Florida. That, my friends, is going to be a banger. I really am excited to see this feud between Cody and Malachi. I think Cody's feuds lately have not been anything too flattering for him. I don't think Cody versus QT and QT's little team was such a great feud. Cody... He, what, feuded with Team Taz? Like, when was the last time that Cody had a real blood feud? And I think that we have all the makings here for him and Malachi Black to be just that. I'm excited to see that. It is the battle between dark and light. I I, I don't have Malachi Black lose his first matchup. But Cody also is known to, you know, win matches that he shouldn't win. But we'll see what happens at AEW Homecoming. It is the main event time. IWGP US Championship matchup, New Japan rules, but there is no rules here because it is a Texas death match here in the heart of Texas, you know what I mean? The stars and stripes are big and bright, we in the heart of Texas. I, I don't know, is that the lyrics? I hope so, if you're from Texas, I hope you're not offended. I, I, I like Texas a lot. I, I actually can see myself living in Texas one day. Uh, we have... Texas Deathmatch, Lance Archer from the Big D. I remember when, and you know, Lance Archer's so proud of his heritage from Dallas, Texas, that he, he used to go by Dallas. I remember when Lance Archer was teaming up with Kid Cash back in the day in TNA, the Asylum Years, and even in the early episodes of TNA Impact, he wasn't Lance Archer, he wasn't Lance Hoyt. He was Big Dallas. So here we got Dallas versus John Moxley in Dallas. This matchup was absolutely violent. It was brutal. It was downright hardcore. We had spots here where John Moxley said, "Hey, you know what? If you got Nick Gage here, I'm going to show you that Nick Gage ain't going to be the most ultra violent guy here. I got a little ultra violent pass myself." Because Moxley pulled out a fork and went full Abdullah the Butcher on Lance Archer, and guess what? Archer did the same to Moxley. They were carving each other up. This was a bloodbath. We had a crazy chokeslam onto double boards of barbed wire. This was brutal. But in the end, John Moxley, after a long, after a lengthy 
title reign as the IWGP US Champion, John Moxley was vanquished by the Murder Hawk Monster himself in his hometown. Lance Archer beats John Moxley one two three. He's the new champion. Big, big news coming out there. Lance Archer, this means that Lance Archer will be returning to New Japan Pro Wrestling as a champion because he's now in, he's holding, he's now in possession of the IWGP US Champion. What a great main event. What an amazing episode of Dynamite. They seem to be one-upping themselves every single week. And like I said in the start of the show, the hits keep hitting and there's more surprises to come because this is not it. They keep on hiring megastars. Daniel Bryan is on his way. CM Punk may be on his way. And we have already a super stacked roster that puts on amazing shows. We have a booker that books matches that we thought we would never see before or never see in general, like Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage. Think about that. When, when, when Nick Gage was in CZW back in the day, and he was one of the pillars of CZW, bleeding all over with John Zandig. When you saw Nick Gage die in the tournament of death and then come back to life and want to continue, did you ever think that this man will be going against Chris Jericho? This is why I say Nick Gage is one of the most inspirational wrestlers. If you want to hear an inspiring story, check out Nick Gage's episode on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast yesterday when we interviewed him and told his life story. He was very, very detailed about his life story. So check out Nick Gage on this podcast. And also check out Nick Gage on the Dark Side of the Ring. And also check out Nick Gage this Saturday and Sunday at GCW Homecoming live on Fight TV. You got to check it out because he's going against Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. And he's going to carve his ass up. Anyway, AEW tonight. Great, great show. I give it a strong, a super strong 4.5 out of 5. There was not one moment on this show that I thought was dull or didn't fit or was hard to sit through or hard to watch. They have been such... Like, last week's show was amazing. I think that this show is even better. And I didn't think you could top that. So if you think about Road Rager... First of all, if you think about the last... If you think about the last episode in Jacksonville... That was a great show. And then Road Rager was amazing. And then Fighter Fest Night 1 was epic. This right here, this was absolutely fantastic. So, AEW 4.5 out of 5. They are on a roll. Right now, it's the most fun wrestling company to watch. And it just got even better with some additions that they made last night. With some additions that they're going to be making in the future. If all the rumors are real. Which right now, it looks like many different sources are saying that these rumors are in true fact. Think about that. Is is there a better roster than what we have right now in AEW? I don't think so. But anyway, we're going to talk about another stacked roster. One that took place back in the day. 2006. TNA March 4th episode 2006. Uh, Spike TV We will be talking all about that show. We are on the road to Destination X 2006. So strap in your seatbelt. We're going back in time. Jump into the Wrestling DeLorean. We'll be right back with Making an Impact. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. DeLorean Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, and that can only mean one thing. One thing only. We end the show by going back in time to TNA's Impact Wrestling Spike TV years. This is making an impact, and we're going to be talking about the March 4th, 2006 episode of Impact on Spike TV. The Not the go-home show, the week before the go-home show to Destination X 2006. So let's let's bring you up to wraps if you haven't already watched or heard an episode of Making an Impact. We are on the road to Destination X 2006, which will be main evented by the X Division. We will have a ultimate X match between Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. How much better than you can get from there? We have a huge eight-man tag match as Abyss teams up with America's Most Wanted, teaming up with Double J, Jeff Jarrett. They go against... Team 3D, Ronda Truth Killings, and Rhino. It's also being announced that Steve Borden, not Sting, but Steve Borden will be in the building looking for Jeff Jarrett. So, making an impact? Think about that. We just made an impact. In two weeks' time, we'll be covering Destination Next 2006. But right now, let's talk about the TNA episode from March 4th, 2006. This is making an impact. 
This episode starts off where the last week's ended. We see a recap of last week's episode from everything that went down with Abyss hitting the Black Hole Slam on Rhino through the wall with all the craziness between Team Canada, Team 3D, and everybody else in between. The craziness between AJ Styles, Daniels, and Joe. We start off hot. The team that will main event Destination X on the heel side will be wrestling here in the opening matchup. We have the Monster Abyss AMW and Double J Jeff Jarrett. They go against Shark Boy, Norman Smiley, uh, Cassidy Riley, who's a follower of Raven still, who's not here, and some jobber that I didn't get the name of. And this was quick work for Planet Jarrett. They absolutely annihilated them. After the matchup, Alex Shelley comes to uh, Jeff Jarrett and he says that he has the video that announces that Sting is retired. So Jeff Jarrett announces that tonight we have yet another viewing party, which they've been doing a couple weeks now in a row. Backstage, Matt Bentley, he's cutting a promo on Lance Hoyt, who he attacked on the syndicated show TNA Explosion. By the way, shouts to Lance Hoyt. It's funny to see him here as Lance Hoyt, and literally he just became the IWGP US champion on the show that we talked about right before this. But anyway, Lance Hoyt goes against Kenny King here. This was a squash match. Shouts to Kenny King, though. I'm a big Kenny King fan, you know. He's doing big things here in Ring of Honor. But this was pretty much a squash match here. Lance Hoyt picks up the victory. Conan then comes out while LAX is beating BG James. They're jumping him. Kip James makes the save, though. Uh, It is announced that it will be Conan, Homicide, and Machete versus BG James, Kip James, and Bullet Bob Armstrong coming out of retirement. The father of Kip James, the legendary Bullet, will be coming out of retirement to join the six-man tag at Destination Next, which should be a phenomenal matchup. We next get a video, a music video from Ron the Truth Killing's theme song, What's Up, What's Up, What's Up. It's funny because still to this day, even in a different company, which 15 years later, to this day, Ron the Truth Killings uses the same theme song. People over there, what's up? If you hear me, stand up and say what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up. You know what I mean? He still uses the same theme song, which is cool. You know what I mean? Run with this. It was a pretty dope song, but I gotta say, this music video was not it. This looked like it was shot with camcorders. It looked like it was shot with TNA's production. Yo, Ron the Truth Killings, he used to rock with Tupac. Why, you know what I mean? Like, I would have expected a much better music video here, but I guess we had to make it Spike TV friendly, right? Even though at this time, Spike TV was a pretty edgy. You could have, you could have, you know. Could have something, something. Okay, music video. They showed him in random areas, you know, like on a bridge dancing or dancing at home. They show his family, which is nice. I like the family parts. I'm not shitting on the family parts. Uh, they show him in the studio. Uh, some of the break dancing that was a little weird when he's just standing in a random area in public doing break dancing, like on a bridge and stuff. <laughs> Shouts to the truth. I have nothing bad against the truth. I can't say one negative thing about our truth. Still to this day, the guy looks the same. He looks like he's still like 25 years old. He's still one of the most talented, comedic, amazing performers, and he's a, definitely a future Hall of Famer. So shout out to Ron the Truth Killings here. By the way, the very first African American uh, NWA World Champion. So you know, a history maker here. We got Team Canada. The uh, team of P.D. Williams, Bobby Roode, and Eric Young. They go against Jay Lethal, Chris Sabin, and Sanjay Dutt. Really good matchup. Got a lot of time. In the end, Team Canada picks up the victory, though. They've been on a roll here since they lost. They lost their match against Team 3D, but ever since they've been on a roll here on Impact, winning week in and week out. Christian Cage speaks, but he's in- interrupted by James Mitchell and Abyss. Uh, he says that either 
they give Abyss a title shot or his click doomsday while Christian Cage is saying, I'm sick of this bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Monty Brown blindsides the champ. They brawl. They brawl into the impact zone. Monty Brown hits the pounce on Christian Cage off the stage through the guardrail. That looked like a very dangerous spot, and it looked very hard. Yo, he pounced him, and Christian Cage went flying 10 feet down and then hits a freaking guardrail. Like, how he wasn't injured from that, I pro- I'm sure he probably felt it, you know. I'm sure he felt that the next day, two days, three days, up to probably a week. He, he looked hurt. Rhino, though, makes the save. The Sting viewing parties. You know, we got Alex Shelley stalking Sting with his family. Sting realizes this and goes confronts Shelley. And he says that he crossed the line. You don't, you know, record my family. You don't follow my family. He says that, tell Jeff Jarrett that he will be at the next pay-per-view, but he's not coming as Sting. He's going to leave the face paint at home. The man, Steve Borden, is coming to confront Jeff Jarrett for him crossing the line. Jeff Jarrett then is seen back watching the video, and he's panicking. The whole planet Jarrett looks shocked and scared after this, and they get mad at Alex Shelley because Alex Shelley, you know, that's a big detail. He says Sting is not coming to Destination X. It's a big detail to leave out that, you know, Steve Borden is coming to Destination X. Anyway, main event time. We got Samoa Joe teaming up with the Prince of Punk, Shannon Moore. They go against AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, the X Division dream team here. Uh, Samoa Joe and Moore, they they win the matchup. This was a really good matchup, a really good way to end the show. At the end, because they had, you know, to show and promote Ultimate X, they had the Ultimate X structure up, even though there wasn't an Ultimate X match tonight. As a mind game, AJ Styles grabs the X Division title after the matchup and puts it up on the X and then tells Samoa Joe to go get it. Samoa Joe's a bit of a panic because, you know, he's a bigger guy. It's harder for him to go up there and shimmy on those ropes. And he is showing Samoa Joe how hard it's going to be for him to walk out as X Division champion at Destination X. Backstage, we got... Scott Demore telling Jeff Jarrett that we are screwed. We're screwed, boss. We're screwed. Jeff Jarrett's just laying there in shock. And then he says, we're screwed. Do, do you not hear me? We're screwed. And Jeff Jarrett says, no, I have an idea. And I got his number on speed dial. So we will be getting a special surprise, I guess, debut. A bodyguard, a backup for Planet Jarrett. Like, they don't have enough. Think about Planet Jarrett. You got the Monster Abyss. You got AMW. You got the whole Team Canada. You got Alex Shelley. You got Jeff Jarrett. That's what? You got AMW's two guys. Team Canada's four guys. If you add Scott Demore, that's five. So that's already uh, seven. Jeff Jarrett himself, so that's eight. The Monster Abyss, that's nine. You have Monty Brown, that's ten. Ten wrestlers, and you still need to call a bodyguard and backup to go against one man who, by the way, is not coming as a wrestler. But anyway, I mean, I'm all for it. I, I like debuts. I like surprises. So surprise, surprise, I'm, I'm with it. But... Really good episode of Impact. This one built up to Destination X a little bit more than last week, and I think that this was a really good show. Last week was a bit of a eh show for Impact. Really good show here. I gave it a strong 3.5 out of 5 stars. I enjoyed every moment of this episode. I enjoyed the cliffhanger ending of who's going to debut. I enjoyed the swerves of... Uh, what's it called? Is Sting coming? Is Sting not coming? And all the action was really good. And shouts to Ron the Truth Killings for his music video. So, I hope everyone joins us tomorrow on the Resident DeLorean Podcast because we have a very special interview with none other than the most polarizing man in professional wrestling, the former WCW champion, the former head writer of Raw during its most successful time period. We have a special sit-down interview, a very revealing tell-all 
with none other than the one and only Vince Russo. So you don't want to miss that. We're going to end off the week hot and heavy, so you don't want to miss that. So tune in tomorrow morning for the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Check us out on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you hit up the YouTube page because you want to hear the interview. You can also see the interview on YouTube. We got the video footage on YouTube. So make a, make sure you check out the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on youtube hit that subscribe button hit that download hit that like comment below leave a rate leave a review we appreciate you thank you so much everybody for supporting the wrestling delorean podcast i love you all i hope everyone has a wonderful thursday stay strong stay safe stay positive peace out from iheart podcast supreme the battle for roe tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case roe v wade starring maya hawk as 26 year old lead attorney sarah weddington we're challenging the texas abortion laws in federal court and academy award nominee william h macy as supreme court justice harry blackman time is not the most important factor getting it right is listen to the podcast supreme the battle for roe on the iheart radio app or wherever you get your podcasts How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.